All right. This week's episode of the Mini Market Podcast is brought to you by AC Carlson Appliances. There's a reason why AC Carlson has been serving the North Metro area since 1954. It's customer satisfaction. From the moment you step into their store, their committed staff is ready to provide knowledgeable support. Their goal has always been to deliver the best brand at the best possible price while also delivering outstanding, friendly customer service. They will work with you to find a product that fits your needs, your budget, and your lifestyle. And not to mention, you'll be supporting the local community. Stop in to AC Carlson today. You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. All right, welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. We have a potential three man weave. We aren't sure exactly yet. Our IT guy is still figuring a few things out, missing Dalton right now. However, we've got Connor, we've got Lucas joining me today, talking a little Vikes. Touching on the Gophers, we might have a new segment. So let's start with the Vikings, guys. Big win, thirty to seventeen over the Seattle Seahawks. Lucas, I mean, how you feel? Skull, 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 skull. All right, thanks. Just when I think uh, I'm out, (laughs) they bring me right back in. Great win by the Vikes this week. Ike, you called it. We were due for a win over Seattle one of these times. Been playing them tough for a couple of years now. Awesome win from the Dalvinless, Dalvin Cookless Vikings. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was their first win against Seattle since the league expanded. I think that was the last time the Vikings beat the Seahawks. Uh, if I'm wrong on that, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Or hit us on Twitter. Uh, we we love corrections. Connor, how'd you feel? You know, we're excited we're back. Um, honestly, what a fun game. Like the energy, it was great to see people back at the bank. Um, I don't know, it was just it was a great day. Um, for those of us as we have become known the Kirk Cousins defenders, it's a good whoop, whoop. It's a damn good day to be us. Um yeah, I mean everything overall, I thought it started a little slow. I think that was, we were all kind of like, well, through 0-3, here we go. And then it was fun to see some resilience, some fight in the team to kind of come back. And the defense, honestly, in the second half really came around. We can dive more into it later, but it was good to see like making adjustments again for our defense because I think that's been lacking here a little bit in the second half where we've slipped away in games. Um, so yeah, it was overall great game. Fun, fun, fun Sunday, honestly. Fun Sunday. Fun Sunday, indeed. The way that the Seahawks drove down on that first drive, scored a touchdown, there was a little bit of like a, uh-oh, here we go. Like, they're just going to cook all day long. But the answer mm-hmm. drive, Connor, I think you said it in our group chat when the Vikings came right back down and answered with a Conklin seven-yard touchdown. That was an important drive in the yep. game. That was good to see. They were. That means they came ready to play. Their first 15 scripted plays were beautiful. It was like a hot knife through butter, baby. Yep. Loved it. Loved it. I thought, um, I thought we, I thought there was honestly across the board, we played well. The offensive line doesn't always get credit. I know we've for a long time have kind of crapped all over the the offensive line, but I thought we played pretty well. (laughs) What was that, Luke? Yeah. I mean, Kirk, Kirk stayed up for the most part. Um, You know, he was, he lost his shoe at one point, just chucked it. Was probably one of his very few incompletions. No one ended up catching that one. But uh, <laughs> I will say <laughs> that touchdown he threw to Justin Jefferson was maybe the most beautiful looking pass I've ever seen. That was just perfectly little, just a little bit of a touch on that baby, just enough to get it over the defense right into the nice, calming hands of Justin Jefferson for the touchdown. Yeah, that thing was Farrah Fawcett feathered and lethal. Just Yikes. dropped it in there. Um, okay, so last week, a big point for us was the announcers. We had a lot of fun announcer talk last week. I would love to hear how you guys felt about the the new voice in the booth this week. We had Mark Sanchez. Connor, what were your takeaways from 
Mark Sanchez. I don't know if I'm just uh, in general kind of a quarterback defender, but I'm a big Sanch guy. I think terrible on the field. We can all agree on that. Um, but to be honest, in the booth, I liked him. I thought he brought the energy. I thought he had a lot of fun things, good things to say about the Vikings. I think that sometimes gets lost in um, in Vikings-related um, TV broadcasts because usually they're bringing up, you know, the missed field goals or the blown, you know, blown 98 game or the 41 donut in 98, like all the bad stuff the Vikings have. But Sanchez was pumping everyone up. CJ Ham, he was throwing out Duluth on there, talking about the shores of the shores of Superior, where CJ Ham's from, and then he's a local college product, all this good stuff. So it was a lot of fun to have them kind of pump up the Vikings a little bit. Um, I'm sure Lou was going to talk about this, but I sent a group message, and it was just absolutely wild when he called um, what he called uh, Kirk Cousins and this was it a the executioner? executioner? Yeah, like Jeez. just pumping him up, like he's got this killer instinct that everyone has always harped on him for not having. So, yeah, I thought it was a fun, a fun group. I, I, as you knew, if you listened last week, I was not a huge Talib guy. I thought he was like really unorganized and just like kind of all over the map. And I, I don't, I didn't like it much. Um, I know we have different, differing opinions, but overall I thought it was a lot more fun this week than it was last week. Funny humor last week was pretty good, but actual sports stuff was great. I thought with the dirty Sanch. So there were no money balls this week. No money balls. Nobody was doing any toe drag swag. No big bodies got involved. There was no third and yeah, no, no real, yeah, no real catchphrases this week from Mark mm-hmm. Sanchez. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Lou, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I didn't love Mark Sanchez. I, I don't know. He's, he felt like he was kind of a rookie in the booth as well. Um, but Lou hates rookies. Like you said, like him. Yeah. Right. Got to get your feet wet a little bit. But um, big thing was, like you said, very refreshing to hear him be very positive about the Vikings. Uh, I mean, even some of our hometown guys aren't even positive about the Vikings like he was. And you mentioned Kirk Cousins defenders. I think Mark Sanchez might be leading the charge on the defense of Kirk Cousins thing. He, He's carrying he the flag in our the nicest things. The nicest things about Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it was just because he he stepped into Minnesota, got some good hospitality, and got a little bit of taste of that Minnesota nice. So he decided to pass along to our boy Kirky. But I mean, he defended him, and Kirk backed it up. One, I think I said it last week was one of the best games that I've seen Kirk ever play. I think this hands down takes the cake. Now he was fantastic. Okay, so what I'm starting to hear now is we may have a third Kirk guy on the podcast. Probably the least yep. willing. Maybe Dalton would still be the most uh, anti-Kirk in the podcast. But Lucas, for a long time, has been beating the drum of this guy sucks. He's trash. It's all his fault. We're paying him too much. He's not a winner. All these things. And I'm starting to hear those tides are shifting. I think the Harvest Moon have some, might have something to do with that. Uh, Connor, as the longtime Kirk defender of the podcast, and not just a defender, you're kind of a recruiter. You're a Kirk recruiter. You're getting guys, you're swaying the boat the a little bit. You're baby. getting people coming with you. So, Connor, I wanted to give you your time and your space. It's week three, maybe his best three-game stretch as a Viking, best three-game stretch in purple. Do you want a victory lap? Do you want to take one right now? I'll give you the space, give you the time. You know, to be honest, that's... It's not my thing. This podcast isn't about building, um, building up yourself and like propping yourself up there. But while I'll have you here for a moment, I think I'll uh, just say a few things. Um, I could not be more excited with how he played. I thought he was reading defense. He was putting the Vikings into pretty good plays, which I think can be an underrated thing. I know we talked about that last week. That could have been part of the issues might be on Kirk Cousins last week of like not getting us in good plays. Because I imagine that OC is giving options. You know, like there's probably two plays at times called in the huddle and you, you got to pick at the line. So I thought he did a great job of that. I think my whole thing with him has always been that he was like the best quarterback available at the time. And if we wanted to go after trying to be a championship team, the whole league knows it's a quarterback-driven league. And this was our best opportunity that next year to go for, go for a broke, go for a championship. 
And I think Kirk has shown what he can do when we have a solid offensive line. And I'm not even sure our offensive line is that solid, but they've been playing out of their mind. So now I'm starting to think maybe it is, or I should say they did this last week. So for me, it's just, it feels, it feels a little nice because I know the whole thing is that the Kirk Cousins defenders will now just say that the contract's the issue, you know, which it, they've said that in the past, but people who don't like Kirk are saying, well, he's still making way too much money. And you know what? You can pound sand because he's one of the, he's the top five quarterback this year. So it's like you got to pay him a lot of money. I mean, I know that probably sounds insane to some people, but stats wise, he is up there. And we've kind of given him a little bit of the keys to the car here in Minnesota and let him go. I realize we have a good running back situation. Our offensive line does a nice job blocking the run game and all that good stuff. But like the numbers are there. He has been excellent this year. And it just it feels good to see it come to fruition. And it's just too bad that we couldn't bring it all together at one time. But Kirk's pulling his weight. I couldn't be happier. The numbers are there. I'll say this and then I'll pass it to you, Lucas. Kirk Cousins in three games is 88 for 119. That's 73.9% completion. Uh, it's top five in the NFL. He's got 918 yards, also top five in the NFL. He's got eight touchdowns, zero picks, top five in the NFL, leads all quarterbacks in zero picks. He's got a QBR of 118.3. Uh, is there anything else you can ask for? Uh, Pro Football Focus has him graded as third best quarterback in the NFL this season. So he's worth he's worth the money right now, worth the money right now. Lucas, what did you have to say? Yeah, I got two quick things. Um, one, talk about a guy who's overpaid, uh, and I know I have said that about Kirk plenty of times. But as you're saying, he's starting to back it up now. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Guy's getting half a billion, and guess who's got the same record as Patty Mahomes? Kirky Dimes, right? <laughs> Um, and two, and he, uh, they just signed Josh Gordon too. So the weapons that they have, uh, incredible. Go ahead. Yeah. Second point. Um, Sanchez picked, said this, um, and they may be attributing some of Kirk's more success this year to it. But like, it sounds like him and Zimmer have actually started communicating. They said they sit down and they chat and they watch film for about forty-five minutes once a week. <laughs> It's like, how what were they doing before? Even if you yeah. are, yeah, like you're, I know you're a defensive coach and you've never been clearly like the biggest Kirk guy. He just doesn't seem like he likes him at times. And he, but he's your quarterback. Like, how are as you as the head coach just not like interacting with the guy who's leading your team? Like, even if you hate the offense, you hate Kirk, whatever, you still have to do that. You're the head coach. So I thought that was just baffling to me. I'm kind of surprised there had been no reports of that, at least that I've heard before then. But. It's like a really, it's like a teacher and a, a very annoying student in their class when for like half of the first semester, they just don't want anything to do with them. They can't stand them. They're making their lives miserable. You know, the teacher drives home every day. They start complaining to their spouse, like all this kid's at it again, just really gets under my skin. They're always, in Kirk's case, it'd be mm -hmm. the kid raising his hand too many times. Like you, that, That's kind of the thing with them. And then about halfway through the semester, they start to click. They start to figure each other out. They're, you know, And then by the end of the year, they're besties. They're, he's staying after class. They're doing homework together. They're, you just lo love it. I mean, I think that's what we're seeing right now is a little bit of Zimmer growing maybe as a coach, like realizing, hey, like it's time for me to adapt a little bit, which is what I think we've been saying for a while. Like a lot of people have been saying, like, if your defense isn't there, you have to adjust. You have to look and coach the talent that you have on your team, not the style that you like to do. Like you can you can have a blend of both, but right now it's that teacher starting to adapt a little bit to the students. There's a little it office really reference kind of in there with the Lou, were you heading that way too? Or no? Okay. Well, a uh, little offer office reference in there too with uh when michael's like jokes on them by the end of the fourth grade the lunch lady was my best friend so um i one thing i don't want people to forget either um kirk cousins can do it all he's 12th in the league for quarterbacks and rushing yards so watch out mike vick so and yeah i mean i believe he he only had uh two this last people week people don't talk about that remember his big 30 yard yeah, run last week that's the only reason he's in that 
Yeah. Hey, Mike Vick, watch <laughs> out. He does it all. They did do a quarterback read option with him, and he ran I straight swear, to the sideline. He was like, I don't yeah, want to do he this. He ran like, that's he called like making 35 a yards to, boys. Agreed. to get two Agreed. Yards. I would have done the same thing. Um, one last thing on Sanchez and Cousins. Does it make anybody else nervous that Mark Sanchez is a huge Kirk Cousins fan? Like just knowing his career, his his time in the NFL, does it make anybody else nervous? At least just a little bit that he's beating that Kirk Cousins drum loudly. You, okay, I one thing, one thing in defense of that. Yes, we all know how terrible Sanchez was in the NFL. He was a pretty pretty darn good college quarterback. And but the big thing, he was he was he played for the Jets, right? The Jets oh, you mean ruined the playoff Jets? everybody. Ooh. Hashtag butt fumble. <laughs> People forget. I mean, look at Sam Darnold this year. He's turned it around real nicely after leaving the Jets. Is it a system and thing, Lou, you're saying? Zach Wilson, that guy's terrible now. I mean, I didn't really... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Might be the All Jets. Right. So, final answer, not worried, <laughs> just a Jets thing. J-E-T-S, Jets, the goddamn Jets. That's how I'm rationalizing it, yep. I, right. I also think that a piece of that puzzle, too, is that Mark Sanchez probably likes all the good quarterbacks in the league. So Ooh. it's just not, it, it makes sense that <laughs> he likes, he likes Kirk. He's probably a Russell guy. Let me guess. He's a Stafford guy, likes Mahomes, Cousins, you know, all kind of good company there. A little guy named Tom Brady is all, yeah, fan, Aaron Rodgers. Fan of the position. Know. Fan of the position. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fan of everyone. Love to see it. All right. Well, we're going to move on to a, uh, a, a quick recap that I have, a personal recap. I did actually attend the game in person. I was part of Skull Nation. Sick I was competing brag. vocally. Uh, shout out to AC Carlson again for those tickets. AC Carlson for all your plants needs. And first and foremost, I woke up on Sunday morning in a great mood. Was feeling very, very positive about how the game was going to go. The sun was shining. It was a beautiful day. I knew like good things were in, in our future. However, I did have one tremendously bad omen hit. Early in the morning, I was on TikTok and I saw a video of a Detroit Lions game. And there, it was in the like first five rows of the game. And there was one fan who was just throwing haymakers left and right. Nobody really knows why, but there was one guy who got absolutely demolished, just like, punched in the face so hard he was out for 30 seconds on the ground. Just a total disaster. Um, and so if anybody knows me at all, I do have a tendency to at times run my mouth a little bit, especially if things are a little bit heated. So that was the first bad omen. Didn't exactly know where the tickets were going to be for the game on Sunday. Lo and behold, they were in the Seahawks section. Oh. Like right behind the Seahawks bench. So I had a very loud Hawks fan in my ear right behind me for the entire game. And two rows up, another one, very vocal. And one section over, just across the aisle, very loud. So if that Lions guy getting punched in the face was a bad start, and all these fights at NFL games, you know you don't want to be the guy one row down. You always want... Mm -hmm. It's over, Anakin. I have the high, high ground, ground. High ground. And I do not <laughs> underestimate my own powers. I accurately es estimate them. I can't fight. So I knew I'm in a bad position with this guy behind me. I also took a peek at him. A lot bigger than me, but a lot older. So he's probably been in some fights because I feel like people used to fight more back in the day so the good old days and, and this guy was loud so this is just not a good not a good feeling and the way that the game started it was kind of feeling like hawks are gonna like start rolling and so i was a little bit nervous there more on that later second compete vocally was out in full force Love it. The purple people were loud on Sunday. And I wasn't quite sure because, again, I was in Hawks territory a little bit. So there was, it didn't feel like every single person around you was screaming their loudest, but like for the most part, they were. Um, and I was like, oh man, like, I don't even know if it was that loud. And I got in the car. My brother picked me up after the game. Shout out, Abe drove us home. And I was like, oh, it didn't even feel that loud in there. And I was giving the recap for the game. He goes, oh, didn't feel that loud. 
well, you've been yelling in the car for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. So I think it, it was unbelievable. It was sick. It was loud. The skull chant, this is skull chant so much fun always. It was great. That was my question. How sick was that? Because I've only ever really experienced it on TV. I went to a pregame or preseason game once. I have never been to the bank when they've do, done the real skull chant and paint me a word picture. I'll just give you one word. Chills. Chills. It was great. When you get it, when it starts going like, skull, 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 and you're like, ah, and then they do this, and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's super fun. So that's worth the price of admission. Um, Getting chills just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, super, super fun there. So again, as the game is starting to go on, there was a couple of times when I really, really wanted to turn around and have words with this guy behind me. I, w- I was shaking. Like I was, when we were on offense, I had my leg was pumping. Like I was like, don't talk, don't say anything. And then something beautiful happened uh, sometime in the, I want to say second quarter, a fan ran onto the field. He ran from one end zone to the 50 yard line without being seen at all. Nobody saw him. He was just there. All of a sudden it was like, there's a guy on the logo. And then everybody saw him. Everybody starts cheering. Finally, like security starts coming out. He's been on the field for like 30 seconds. Security starts coming out. He puts the absolute shake on the one security guard on like 25 yard line. They like, (laughs) it was Carson Wentz. Both ankles were done. The guy went straight down. (laughs) The fan on the field did like this sweet somersault kept going. And then he topped it off with a nice little like gritty dance right at the goal line as he got tackled by a beefy security <laughs> guard that was standing right in front of my side. That guy was beefy. So you know he took a hit. And the the one fun thing was that there was a, a player on the Seahawks who was he like grabbed his helmet off the bench and was halfway out onto the field to like tackle the fan. And somebody got in his ear was like, not worth it, not worth it. And I was like, <laughs> that fan got lucky yesterday. Got lucky. But if it's if if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on to interview you. It's probably the experience Bingo. that everybody out here would would love to know what that's all about because he had everybody on his side. Uh, and this yeah, I have ti- a ton of questions for him. So many. And that actually kind of mended the relationship between the fan behind me and myself because he got it on video and I was like, oh my gosh, really? And he showed it to me, gave him knocks and and, you know, everything was all good after that. So hey, way to go. Yeah, avoided the bad omen. I did not get punched in the face. I have all my teeth, uh, most of my brain cells still. It's just great. That was a good <clears throat> feeling. And to make it even better was when the bike started pounding the rock. The whole second half mm-hmm. was ecstasy. Just they controlled the ball all day. And I got to listen to this guy who had been just positive, positive, positive in the first half, started hitting me with the defense ain't done a damn thing all day but show up delvin ain't even playing and we getting cooked we getting cooked by the backup and then abdullah comes in we getting cooked by the third string who on defense gonna earn their paycheck and then at some point they're down 13 he goes well nothing's over when you're playing the vikings and i was like drew 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 oh. <laughs> Uh, this, this one was one of my favorites was every single time that the, we were in the red zone, the Vikings were in the red zone. He'd just go, turn over territory, turn over territory, turn over territory. <laughs> it was so funny. They're down. It's like the last drive, like turn over territory, turn. I'm like, dude, the game's over. But uh, coach, what's up with this defense? That was a big one. Um, and then my, this was, there was a sadness to this, but he literally prayed to God for a comeback. <laughs> With like three minutes left to go in the game, down thirteen, literally prayed to God. Out loud. The phrase "I will go to church every Sunday" came out of his mouth. I am God not seen through kidding. that BS numerous times. Oh uh, man! I wanted to God, like, I'll stop cheating on my wife and just let the Seahawks. Oh, come on, Russ! Uh, and I'm telling you, it took everything I had not to turn around and be like, "Listen, man, prayers don't work in this building. They just don't." Yeah. Um, so that was my game day experience. Oh. If you, it was so much fun, Vikes, it, there's no sporting event like it being in an NFL football game. There's just a passion that's there and it's, everybody's just in unison on a third down, just screaming their faces off. Like that's, that's what sports are all about. So that was a ton of fun. Um, that was my game day experience brought to you by AC Carlson. Wow. 
I mean, the energy's high. What a great, what a great story. What a great Sunday, Ike. Oh, that's a blast. Love a good Dream away fan true. getting into it. Um, and I got a picture, you know, it's fun when you can start to picture the guy. You can just like feel yourself in your shoes at that. So that's given me some energy to go on a little rant. If you're ready to get angry, you've come to the right place. It's time now for a mini rant presented by Tellum Sports. And this is pretty much an annual rant that I have. Um, maybe some of you guys out there know what it is already. Delvin Cook, two numbers for you, five and 63 million. That's my rant. If you want to talk about overpaying somebody, how about we overpay the least valuable position in the entire NFL? I want all the Kirk Cousins frustrated people with his contract to tune in a little bit. Five years, $63 million. That's what we're paying a running back who averages 10 games a season. 10 games a season for five years is what he's averaged. I'm no mathematician, but I think that's over a million dollars a game that he's, he would make the next five years if he continues on the similar trajectory, which seems out. Couple other numbers for the nerds out there. Um, <clears throat> 26 and 112. That's 26 carries for Alexander Madison and 112 yards. No touchdowns. That's fine. Not worried about it because Kurt got his. But my point is the thing that I've been saying forever is we overpay that running back. That's where our concern should be. If we can identify talent in the running back position, which we have with Cook and Alexander Madison, and then let them walk when they want to get paid. Boom. That's how you win championships. Save money on positions that are not very valuable in the NFL. I'll say it. Delvin's probably an MVB candidate, right, at times, but his position is just so replaceable. It's like the drop-off between him and Alexander Madison. It seems like it'd be a lot, but I really don't know if that it's that much. And we saw it this weekend against the Seahawks, like a generally a traditional, pretty good team. And we run for over a hundred yards with our backup running back. And Kirk operates at an extremely high efficiency. It's just one of those things where it's the running back position. If people are mad about the salary, in my opinion, that's the salary to be mad at because we wasted money on, I will say a good talent, but not a valuable position for us. That money could be used elsewhere, potentially in the secondary, potentially on the offensive line, which they did have a good week last week. But the issue is not with Kirk. It's with Dalvin. And Kirk's over here sitting, hey, I'm your friend, compadre. Okay. So that's my rant. Short to the point. Running backs are, in essence, really low value. Low value. Low well, value, and yeah. there's low gaps between being a good running back and being an average running back, whereas there's huge gaps between elite quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, average quarterbacks, and bad quarterbacks. Whew. Wow. Actually, Sorry to take you on a roller coaster downhill there. That was Ike ticking up, and then they get to the top, and it's like, Curtin's rant. Here we go. So I do apologize for that. We'll get the energy back up in here, but I just had to say it. I do it every year because Delvin gets hurt every year, and then Alexander Madison seems to have a great game right after he gets hurt. I'm sure that's just a coincidence that it always happens that way. Oh, all right. Um, I've always wondered why the Vikes don't go for more of a... Well, you, you look at like the Browns and what the Saints have done recently and before everyone got hurt, what the Ravens kind of their strategy of like, if you have two good backs, run two good backs. Like no, nobody can really handle the full load of an NFL season from the running back position anymore. Uh, and it was weird early on in the year. Like we talked about it, Madison was barely getting any touches. So uh, that might have something to do with uh, 
Cook getting hurt all the time. And uh, if you're going to run two guys, you can't pay them both, right? Yeah, I mean, just look at Super Bowl teams, right? Like, how many of them have the big contract running backs? Not many, right? Like, remember those Patriots days? They had pretty much nobody. Yeah, they the were running pulling people out of the pretty much nobody's across the board season. except for Tom Brady. I think they were having open tryouts at the running back position that year. There was some weird stat that came out after the Bucks won last year about like how no team with an expensive running back ever wins. So that'll dampen the mood. We yeah, have an expensive running back. Awesome. Bikes are screwed. Season's over. One good win. Yeah, Connor thanks, Connor. Appreciate over it. After last week, it's over. Well, all right. We had a little positivity. There was a little negativity. Let's get back and circle back with a little bit of happy. That's right, folks. The return of here it is. Happy, crappy, happy sandwiches. mini market serving you a happy crappy happy sandwich we'll start with you lou give us a happy crappy happy Alrighty, my happy crappy happy gonna start off with a nice slice of kirk cousins talked about surprise, it already surprise. he had a fantastic game loved it Three tutties, over 300 yards, 30 completions. Did fumble once, but that's neither here nor there uh, since he got it back again. Crappy. Um, I was struggling with this, so I'm going to get a little nitpicky on a couple of different things, a couple of little slices here. Uh, so, yeah, bear with me. I'm going to be reaching on some of this. Anthony Barr not playing for his third game. Um, I mean, what is, what's going <laughs> not on? Even there. This Guys. guy even lazy is this guy even gonna come back like do we even one do we Quitter. even want him back i don't know we're, we're all nick vigil guys now so um <clears throat> two negative one yards on punt returns from dd westbrook tough tough and um <laughs> my last one was when we thought he was a third wide receiver he's now been he's yeah, returning he, punts for yeah. negative yardage well kj just burst onto the scene but and then I mentioned it. Kirk had his little fumble, but he literally had two hands on the ball, and the defender made a really nice play. So, and he got it back. So, pretty much best case scenario if you're going to fumble there. All right, those were some um, thinly sliced crappies. That was like very, real yep. nice deli meat yep. there. Okay, uh, happy us. Um, Tyler Conklin get involved in the passing game. I thought he he had only a couple catches, but he had a touchdown. He had a couple big receptions um, late. It's really nice to see him stepping up and kind of kind of filling that tight end receiving role that uh, Irv Smith was supposed to step up into after Rudy left us. So nice to see him. I was, I'll be honest, I was pretty skeptical about him in the passing game, but he he's looking good. Yeah, they even line him up out wide. I'll say this. We are learning something about Lucas with his Byron Buxton, Irv Smith now, Barr. He does not like guys who get hurt. Mm. Those of you paying attention at home, Alvin, guys who get hurt. Uh, thank you, Lou. I love those. Uh, Connor, you got a happy, crappy, happy for us? I do. Um, I don't know if this is going to surprise anyone, but my happy is Alexander Madison. What a game! What a game! What a game! Um, just a treat to have him in the backfield and actually contributing on like the previous couple weeks and. At such a good price tag, you know, you just you just appreciate those sort of things. So uh, my crappy is how we'll go with Lucas. It's a little nitpicky, but I was really concerned about our like our first quarter defense. I thought especially the defensive line. I was like, man, we're getting blown back. We're getting no pressure on the quarterback. Um, it's kind of nitpicky because we ended up playing okay down the stretch. I still felt like our D line as a whole that game really was was kind of subpar or maybe average at best. So that's kind of my crappy as our D-line really didn't didn't play as well as I thought they might against against the Seahawks, which I was like if you had told me our D-line didn't like play really well and we beat the Seahawks, I would be like that's insane. Um but thankfully we got Kirk Cousins, top fiver. Um and then my last my happy was also Tyler Conklin, Lou. I think great points. I don't have too much to add, but he was just it was fun to see him, and he's got sick flow. 
His, his hair is good. great. He's got he's the a good looking guy put together well. Going, and I can appreciate a good looking guy from one hand to, uh, to the next. He's also got so. the like the sleeved, full sleeve tattoo like Rudy used to have. So he's Rudy. just like trying to become, I think, Rudy. Call Rudy. 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 The, in that movie, by the way, just while we're on that, that how that starts at the end. Yeah, classic sidebar. How that starts, it's just this big offensive lineman who's like, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> and you're just like, this guy never got into Notre Dame. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of every time I hear that guy started. I was like, oh, geez, not a lot of academic scholarship on that one. Anyways, Ike, we can throw it over to you for a happy, crappy, happy sandwich. Yeah, all right. Uh, I was going to say Alexander Madison for my happy, but I won't because we already talked about it. Great performance, great value. It's like getting a Honda Civic. Okay. <laughs> Bam. I'm going to go with, you guessed it, Greg Joseph. Bounce back game, Bang. made all of his kicks, bunch of field goals, <laughs> didn't miss any extra Kicker points. Guy. And guess what? The tide, One of the tide-turning plays was a missed kick by the Seahawks. So it was good to see it happen in the other way. Greg Joseph, I got to say, you must have been meditating or something all week because he was in the right frame of mind for this game. And that was, that was good to see because could have gone south fast. It could have been a total Blair Walsh meltdown and he just couldn't ever yips, you know? Uh, but we won't talk about it. Uh, crappy. I'm also going to go with DD Westbrook. His like choices, this is kind of like a double, but like his choices on when he's deciding to go with like, try like not call a fair catch yeah. is, has been baffling at times. Uh, there was that play last week when he went way back and like just a brutal like, a like four yard yeah line. exactly yeah. it was just like, like what he's are making like the doing? wrong choice yeah he's just not locked in right now so i guess that's a little bit crappy um we also had a tough choice on a, a kickoff return when you only get to the 15 mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. if you aren't 100 positive you're at least going to get to the 20 don't don't even try it uh and then i'll, I'll circle around with happy and here it is 16 plays 826 off the clock, field goal. Bang. 11 plays, 501 off the clock, field goal. 12 plays, 708 off the clock, field goal. Those were the Vikings' possessions in the second half, and that's why we won the game right there. Time of possession was insane for the Vikings, and that's the exact recipe for success. That's what Zimmer's been saying for a long time of like, this is how your defense can be complemented by an offense. This offense made the defense good in the second half. Connor, you talked about how you thought the, mm-hmm. the second half adjustments were good for the defense. Well, part of it is that they weren't on the field and that's the best way to play defense. So and that was sweet. That's how you beat, that's how you beat top talent quarterback. For sure. Like just keep them on the side. Keep the ball out of their hands. And the cherry on top, only one three and out all day. Three and outs absolutely kill. And it was at the point, our only three and out was in that first quarter. And that was the point when it was like, wow, are we going to get blown out? That's what a three and out can do to a team. So it, it was good to see no three and outs. If you're c- controlling the ball for a little while and then for a long while, that's a good uh, recipe for success. All right. So those are our HCHs, happy, crappy, happy sandwiches. Let's move now to our next segment. It is... The power pivot page turning play of the game. Power pivot page turning play of the game. Lucas, we'll start with you. What was your power pivot page turning play of the game on Sunday? Yep, my PPPTPOTG, <laughs> bam, was uh, second quarter. How many PPPs are Vikes are looking like they're going to go three and out? Penalty. Keeps the game alive, keeps the drive alive. Vikes end up with a score, even though after they got a penalty themselves later on, I believe they finished that drive <laughs> with a score. Um, <clears throat> kept the drive alive, kept the hopes alive. Yeah, got Kirk going. I, you know, I harped on that. Yeah, I'll piggyback on that one because my my power pivot page turning play of the game was the same drive. It was that third and thirteen after the holding uh, in the red zone touchdown, fifteen yard touchdown to Thielen on third down. Coming away with three there would have not felt good. It maybe would have changed the course of the game. But getting seven on that play on a back-breaking play like that, that was massive 
Vikes go, what do they go? 16 unanswered after that. 17 if you count the extra points. So that was a big play in the game. Connor, what was your power pivot page turning play of the game? My power pivot page turning play of the game was that, honestly, I had the same one as Lucas. The announcers jammed on it hard. But if I had to go to a second one, honestly, I would say it was the first touchdown of the game for the Vikings because it just showed that they could answer back, which you talked about earlier, Isaiah. I thought that was crucial because when the Seahawks go down and score right away, I'm just like, oh, my God, we're going to give up a a 50-burger and we're going to lose by 25. And so to answer back right away just made me feel like, okay, we're, we're taking punches and we're throwing punches today and we're going to end up being able to compete a little bit. So for me, it was just answering on that first drive, that touchdown. So let's go. P-P-P-T-P-O-T-G. There you go. Beautifully said. All right. Final segment for Vikes Talk, and then we will move on to other things. It's our survivor segment. This is, if you've forgotten, where we will vote off one player from either the defense, the offense, or the special teams from the Vikings Island. Reminder that last week, Brashad Breland was voted off very quickly. See ya. So he, can, he is not eligible to be voted off again. Once you're off the island, you're off the island. However, if you do win an MVP later in the season, you're back on the island. So, Connor, do you have any uh, guys that you would like to nominate to be voted off of the island this week? Well, the person that I'm going to nominate, and I would like to preface this with saying, <clears throat> I thought overall we the Vikings played a pretty good game as a team. So, with that said, I am going to vote off Sheldon Richardson. Interior DT. He just didn't do much all game. I, I wanted to go with the defensive lineman because, I, I, as I mentioned before, I was disappointed in the effort by the D-line. Um, they, they got better as the game went along, but I think overall I don't think they were where they needed to be for the game. And I thought <clears throat> I just picked one of them, and it was Sheldon because he didn't play as much either. So screw you, Sheldon. Have fun swimming back. All right. Up for nomination, Sheldon Richardson. Lucas, who do you want to vote off the island? You know, I took a a long, hard look at Sheldon Richardson myself. Zero tackles, one QB hit all day. Not going to cut it. But I, we touched on this briefly. I am going to nominate Didi Westbrook. Great pick. Mm -hmm. We talked about the negative one-yard punt return. We touched on bad decision coming out of the end zone not even getting to the 20 tough look maybe the first special team are off of this season wow all right i was also looking at the d line i thought wanham might be the guy to go he's starting to lose his position to the old man everything everything's getting a lot more snap lately so he's making them some big time plays late in the game although he did have a classic everson penalty on the uh the, pa- oh, the roughing the passer, which was buttery God, soft, weak. but uh, I'm going with Wanham as my guy to get voted off because he's getting beat out for the position, anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's a good one. Drum roll, please. Okay, who are we voting off the island? Sounds like you guys might be in agreement. I think DD Westbrook. Ooh. I can get on board with D.D. Westbrook being off the, the island. The sad thing is he's never getting back on this island. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got to have like a, literally have to a return touchdown upon. return. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe a couple yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, in like a 7-13 game too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry to announce it. Dalton, do you agree? Are you good with D.D.? Hey, D.D. Thumbs up. Love a thumbs D-D. up on a podcast. Fun to watch. Uh, DD, DD, uh, name that character. That is my Dexter's laboratory impression. Can anybody do it better? Pinky the brain, what? No, Dexter's laboratory. DD, get out of my laboratory. <laughs> All right, so DD's out the laboratory, he's off the island. Hand in your bandana. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's room on Bashad Breland's raft. You are the weakest link. Good luck. Breland did not make a raft. I'll just tell you that right now. He's just paddling. He's just treading water because if he could still be voted Classic. off, he'd get voted off again. Moving on, mm-hmm. end it with a little positivity. Who's our MVP this week? This is a person that was outstanding in Sunday's victory against the Seahawks. Lucas, who was it? For me, it was Kirk Cousins. Yep, Not Kirk said. Cousins. Kirk Cousins. There you have it, folks. He Fun. was really good, right? Really good. 30 for 38, 323 yards, three TDs, zero interceptions, passer rating 128.4. Absolutely dominant. The only blemish was losing a shoe. It wasn't even his fault. Nike. Adidas, actually. So, Duh. Don't hit checks over stripes. Um, all right. That was Vikes Talks. Kind of fun to, to have a little positivity when we're talking Vikes. Am I right, guys? Like to, to have a time when we get to just be joyous about the Vikings. Let's savor it. Let's sit in it for a second. Moment of silence for that guy sitting behind me at the Hawks. That Hawks guy sitting behind me. Your prayers were not answered. All right. We are going to move on to something that we think will be a ton of fun. Uh, Stop me if you've heard this before. But it came out last week. It was something big. Something that came from inside the house. The call came from inside the house. It was, quote, this is a culture-saving win for PJ Fleck and the Gophers football program. Dalton, now that you're here for the podcast, I'd love to hear how you feel about the culture this week. Comes from in the house. I got, um, it was in the kitchen with the revolver and it was a suicide. So go ahead, Dalton. All I can say is, well, 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 how the turntables. Tough look (laughs) on Twitter for me this week. Here was my thought. I tweeted that right after the Gophers absolutely stomped Colorado. Nice little win over the Pac-12, the conference champions. Maybe not, Ike. Champions. Quack. So I'm thinking tough loss to Ohio State week one. Then they barely squeak out a win over Miami, Ohio. You're, start, you're starting to doubt PJ a little bit. You're starting to doubt. You're saying, is, this, is rowing the boat really the way we need to go? Does everyone really need an oar in the water? But then they just stomp Colorado. And I say, all right, I'm a believer again. I've got this thing going in the right direction. And then Bowling Green happens. Bowling Green, a loss to a, a Big Ten school, just got beat by Bowling Green. That Rutgers uh, wouldn't yeah, even get beat by 30, Bowling Green. 30.5 point favorites. The worst Nine. player on the Golden you. Gophers roster should be better than all but maybe one or two players on Bowling Green. You can't tell me anyone Bowling Green can recruit should even be considered by any Big Ten school, much less the Gophers who want to be a winning program. There are a lot of fingers to point. I, a lot of people are pointing them right, right at P.J. Fleck. I turn I point right at Tanner Morgan. I think at this point, we can all agree that the 2019 season was a fluke, and he's lost whatever mojo he had. If you look over the last... The two yeah, sick two great wide receivers, great running backs, good offensive line. You look now, he's still got a really good offensive line, a good running back, and some decent wide receivers, and he looks like a true freshman that they pulled out of some no-name school who's learning how to throw. Like His last 11 games, he's averaging 174 yards per game, 10 touchdowns, 7 picks over those 11 games. And he's a senior. This was his junior and senior year. In, in offense, he's known. It's all he's done. His whole college career, and he looks Lost. Lost. When it comes to a quarterback, you can still say it's PJ Flex's fault. Like, how do you not at at any point have a new guy ready to go? Like, yeah, I, I'm not saying PJ's absolved of blame. You can't but, hang your head but on. Tanner, Tanner Morgan's Morgan. not getting any. He, he's not getting enough heat. I guess is what I'm saying. Fair for a senior quarterback. You really like. You can't tell me a senior quarterback can't will a, a Big Ten school to beat Bowling Green. He threw two picks in the last two minutes, and they were brutal. Just wasn't ready for the bright lights. What can you say, man? It's You're embarrassing. In the it's scary. It's out embarrassing. There. 
Well, on the bright side, at least it was homecoming. So there was a lot of people in attendance for that. Oh, um, my God. One note, too. I think one thing, to Dalton's point a little bit, the pr- probably one of the issues with them, I do think they should switch out of Tanner Morgan, but I'm sure the backups are nothing better. But the issue is that we have a redshirt freshman who's like a four-star quarterback, and they don't want to use up a year of eligibility for him. So that's that's one of the bummers. It'd be sweet if that kid was just like ready to go. Um, he was really undersized too, coming out of high school. His last name is Greek, and I cannot pronounce it, so I'm not even gonna try. But I agree. I think it's Dalton, Coast Kufus. I've I've been a I've been a row the boat guy. Like I've been a PJ guy, and so spin zone. Last week we had a program saving win, and this week we had a PJ saving loss because USC is not gonna bring in a guy who just lost to Bowling Green. So. The spin zone is that looks like the Gophers get to hang on to PJ Fleck for a little while longer. Double reverse spin zone. USC Uh-oh. might bring in a guy who lost Bowling Green. <laughs> they have not <laughs> been making great choices lately. True. Is Pete Carroll on the hot seat? Actually, here's a here's a whirlwind here. Um, are we? Are they going to bring back Pete Carroll? Seventy year old Pete Carroll. Is he on the hot seat? One and two start, last place in the division. Everyone else in their division, oh no. I was going to say, everyone else after that game was undefeated, but then the 49ers lost. So I'm just saying, seat's getting a little warm up there in breezy Seattle. NFL fans have to, NFL fans have to chill. Like, there's so much noise in the first three weeks. You know, you. the bikes, 0 and 2, could have easily been 2 and 0. Now they're 1 and 2. You can't argue that the Chiefs are bad and they're one and two. Like, Chiefs have problems. Lucas no, talked about it. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Week six. That's okay. Start worrying. Pete Carroll on the hot seat. PJ Fleck up Shits Creek without a paddle. Is that a good oh, joke? Oh, nice. Is that a good joke? All right, cool. <laughs> Bebe. <laughs> D, what are you doing? Uh, all right. <laughs> Got a few minutes left. It's been a while. We have not talked about the Timberwolves. Oh. Do we want to talk about the Timberwolves at all? Or the do biggest we news, Cat got some tats. A... Got some ink. Think. That's Ooh. the biggest news. Forget Gerson Rosas. Cat's got some new ink. Yeah, Dolph's like, we've already flipped the page. Did you see Cat got tattoos? Yeah, he had to cover up the heart where that had Ro- Rosas with a heart around it. He had to cover that one up, so he had to get something new. I don't. I don't think we should talk wolves. There's no. no? We, there's nothing we have to say about Rosas that hasn't already been said. Gupta's going to do some good more? things. I think. What'd you say? Should we start to speculate more on why he's leaving? Like, I know we heard he had some aggression things, but we could dive into some deep, deep cut conspiracy theories if we wanted to. Spread some misinformation. <laughs> We'll leave Gersas alone. He's had a he's had a tough week, but let's do this. We'll do a new segment. We're calling it let's, Gersas. Yeah, Gersas. It's a like concatenation, it. Lou. Look yeah, at I like us. First time I've ever heard that. Sorry. A new segment. Let's talk about it. Gertie. That's the name of the segment. Let's talk about it. I brought up this week with the fellas over here that I'm getting a little bit nervous about Ben Simmons and the lifestyle that he wants. We all know that. The Wolves have been very, very active and proactive in their quest to acquire Ben Simmons from his beloved home in Philadelphia. He clearly doesn't want to be there. The Wolves are one of the teams that have consistently stayed in the conversation throughout. However, it's going to take a lot to get him. We don't know exactly what that is. Obviously, they're still figuring that out. Everybody's still figuring that out. But we know at the bare minimum, it's going to be a lot. Is anybody else getting a little sweaty at the prospect that Ben Simmons won't like it here and he'll want to go to his final destination that he really wants to go to, which is Los Angeles. I said it. I think a lot of NBA players have a a penchant for trying to be stars beyond their sport. They want to brush shoulders with Hollywood bigwigs. He dated Kendall Jenner. You know, he, he has been in that sphere for a long time. And I think he enjoys that idea of a spotlight on him. Uh, and it's weird to me for a guy with like outwardly zero personality. Nerd alert. So, Connor, you had 
a different thought on that. Let's talk about it. Hey, let's talk about it. <clears throat> so in response to Dalton and Lucas kind of getting a little bit concerned that players want the Hollywood <laughs> lifestyle, um, I just said, I'll read my message. I said, it feels like you guys might be reading too much into the details and paranoia of the LA lifestyle. I think athletes that feel they have a good situation where they currently are, are happy to go to LA, New York, Miami, etc. in the off season, enjoy the cultures there. I said, the real question is whether the place that they are is a good situation. I think if people leave the Wolves, they have more of a concern with the Wolves organization than they do a desire to be in LA. So I think my point is, I think as Minnesota fans, we use this crutch of, oh, like basketball players don't want to be in Minnesota because it's a small market, which is the principle and kind of the foundation of what this podcast is for a lot of reasons, because it's overlooked. Um, the major sports outlets do not care about central, centrally located organizations, if you will. They're all about the coast. I think that's clear. But I think from an athlete standpoint, I think it has a lot more to do with the Timberwolves just being a horribly ran organization for like 20 years than it does a desire to get to the coast. Like, I think with the way the current world is set up, they have the opportunity to like in the offseason go to LA and train, live the lifestyle they want to live out there, and then come back to Minnesota during basketball season. And I think if you have a good team with a solid foundation, you know, something like the Milwaukee Bucks, where they're like, and that's easy to say, right? The NBA champions, like, okay. Um, but a team like that where they are so solid, they have good core players on good contracts, all this jazz. I think teams that are run efficiently in, in the middle part of the country are able to get those guys when they have good leadership. And I just think that's the real issue with the Timberwolves right now. It feels like there is hor there's bad leadership. And we're seeing that again with Gersas, Gertie, as we like to call him, getting fired after 18 months in the helm or whatever it was. So I think that's my perspective is that it has more to do with us being a bad organization right now. I hope that changes under bad leadership um, than it does them wanting to live the LA New York lifestyle. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So I, in general, can see what you're saying, and I kind of do agree with points of it. But I think Ben Simmons specifically, with all the indications that we've got from him, and like you can tell it's like the teams that he listed, where does he want to be? He said either of the Los Angeles teams, Golden State and Sacramento are all on his list. Those are all in one area. Sacramento's low on that list. He wants to be in that area. He wants to be in movies. He wants to rub shoulders with LeBron. He's got clutch sports talking in his ear. Uh, and he's like too big for Philadelphia. Like, I, I just think he specifically has a different draw to be like a superstar. And so I understand what you're saying about Minnesota. And like, honestly, he, like, if he didn't care about that, he wouldn't have like, a specific list of teams that he wants to go to. Like he doesn't even want to go to Miami heat. Like that's a team that he's not interested in. So like, that's a team with the, that's very well run on a coast has a chance to be like a good star. He's, I think specifically wants to be in LA. He just wants that state income tax really bad, really bad possible. Yeah. 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 Well, I think Sacramento is a great um, rebuttal to my whole argument. Because they are, would, I would argue, like a pretty poorly run franchise for a while now, right? Is that fair to say? For the most part, have yeah. They, have they turned the corner? I don't, I don't nah, know. No, not really. But they seem like a team that it's like, what is, there's not a whole lot of difference between the Kings and the Wolves right now. And so, and maybe, maybe my argument, or not maybe, my argument was probably more generalization, specifically with Ben Simmons. If that's his list, then that, that's probably a pretty valid point that he just really wants to get out to LA, Los Angeles or California or whatever. I think it's mostly that I'm just trying to talk myself out of if we don't land Ben Simmons, how can I rationalize being okay with it? And part of it is this new thought of like, he'll leave, like he'll leave fast and he'll screw us so bad. If we give up four first round picks and then he's only here for a year, year and a half, and then just does what he's doing now to us like that. 
that would put the wolves back once again a long, long time. Because that happens, then you know it's sooner or later you're losing every like that's that's a, a terrible disaster waiting to happen. So I'm talking myself out of it a little bit. That's the whole point. Hoping for the best, praying for the worst. Something like well, that. Preparing for the worst. Something, Something like, like that. Yeah, nailed it. God, if you just let the Seahawks win this <laughs> one game. <laughs> yeah, that's you making fun of that guy. It's going to be you. Please let Ben Simmons stay in Minnesota. No comment there. Let's not talk <laughs> about it. That's a wrap for the Mini Market Podcast. Put this is episode on. 38, folks. For those of you who have been listening the whole time, we love you. Shout out. We get another ya. hobby. Major shout out. Remember, we are on the internet. We're on Twitter, Talon Sports. We have a website. It's talonsports.com. We've got new content coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays. Great articles for there if you want to get that double click, a little deep dive into what we're thinking about. And thanks again for listening. We hope to see you next week. Peace and love. We're on the line. Go Wolves. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. <laughs>